0: Returning to our discussions program today is John Black. John is the CEO of Argentine focused copper gold developer and explorer, Aldebaran Resources. The company is advancing its core Altar project in San Juan Province. Aldebaran is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol ALDE and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol ADBRF. John, thanks for coming back to chat. How are you?
1: Doing well, Andrew. It's uh, great to catch up. It's been a little while since we've last spoken.
0: Yeah, times uh, flew by here this year pretty quickly, and at least on our side anyway, just been busy, as I suspect you have been. Just kick things off here, John, by discussing the market conditions here. Any thoughts on copper and gold prices and also the sentiment surrounding the equities?
1: Well, it's, it's been moving around just a little bit right now. At the, right at this moment, we're seeing a, a strong surge in copper price, but we've had an elevated copper price for some time now. So And it's very understandable as, as, uh, as we continue to see electrification of so many aspects of society right now, the, the demand for copper just can't do anything but go up. and and we're seeing a lot of major mines slow down in their production. So it's it's almost a perfect pinch point for this. So to me, it's not surprising that we're seeing these strong prices and they're really indicative of of a much longer bull market for particularly the base metals, any metals related to electrification
0: certainly the uh, gold prices as well i think folks have had a, a pretty good blessing that gold has stayed where it is and the fact that it hasn't really moved too much although we've certainly gone higher over the last couple of years if you look back but interesting position here with both base metals and precious metals
1: and It dropped off a little bit this last year but it, it, it really the these prices for gold are not bad at all historically for it. we're noticing that the major gold companies maybe don't have the share prices that they had a year ago but they're certainly building up a lot of cash right now. And that's, that's important for the part of the business we're in right now because as those companies become more
0: healthy, they become more motivated to, to look to acquire projects. Likewise, in the copper space as well, I mean, these prices are working really good for the both mid-tier and major copper producers. So agreed, I think the cash flows are stacking up on both sides here for the production companies, which obviously they start to come down the food chain here, which gets into the junior space as well. How about uh, just a quick recap of the company for the audience who might be tuning in for the first time?
1: Okay, yeah, for those of you that are that are new to our group, is um, Aldebron is actually the third company that's been under our same management team. And our strategy on all companies has been to uh, utilize our experience in South America, in particular, and in the copper industry and copper gold industry for a long time to identify projects that have potential to be very large copper or copper gold deposits. Acquire those at a point when the market's low or the owner of the property doesn't know exactly what they have. um, Drill those out, de-risk those projects and then ideally sell those to a major company. Our first company was called Antares Resources and we discovered a really nice porphyry in southern Peru that we drilled out and sold the first quantum for about $650 million in, in 2010. And that allowed us to spin out our subsequent companies from that and our intent is to do exactly the same thing over. And in, in Aldebaran, we've identified the Altar project as an outstanding opportunity to, to complete our, our strategy with. So it's a very large copper system. Uh, it's, it's actually a cluster of porphyries, porphyry systems. And they have an unusually high gold content for the, the position that we're at in the Andes. So this is a truly a copper-gold opportunity to move forward, uh, driven dominantly by the copper mineralization. has a large resource already and um but it's it's still not completely explored we we had some of our best drill holes last year and and set up to drill a, a, a brand new zone that's not even categorized into a resource yet so it's a, it's a large project already but with plenty of exploration upside potential and in a in a very hot part of the world right now
0: there's a lot of activity going on around us and this wasn't by design but somehow in the last month or so we've had three companies inclusive of this chat focused on San Juan province argentina Philo mining and also uh, Jose Maria and a lot of activity in this area here and some excitement coming back on Argentina. John, talk about today versus you know back you know the days when First Quantum uh, bought the first company et cetera. Where would you rather be at this point when it comes to South America? I know you have experience in Peru. You know what jurisdictions stand out to you at this point in South America?
1: That's a that's a great question it's for us and and this comes both from the days when i worked for major mining companies and and then in the last couple decades when i've been more in the junior space on it it's a balancing act between areas that have a good chance to find a new deposit versus areas that have a jurisdiction and a legal system and a mining history that allow you to develop that process. So you can, you can go to the, the well-known copper countries like Chile or Peru and do well there, but there's a lot of competition there. Or you can move into some of the countries that maybe have less developed mining history a little, little harder to operate in in one manner or another, but you have a much better chance to find a project. And, and that balance moves around as we go forward. So um, we've found places like Peru to be a nice balance because it's it, there's still a very good chance to find a deposit. But it's it's a well-established mining culture. So if you find a deposit, it may take you a while, but you can put it put it into production. Chile gets a little bit tough for us because it's just so competitive to get ground there. Uh you there are people that have good projects there, but it's really tough to to get a starting point. And they're also going through a little bit of a discussion right now about whether they want to change their the royalty laws and their constitution, which makes it a little bit more scary for us to, to go forward. But then the next level of countries really include places like Ecuador and Argentina. And many countries, many companies have kind of shied away from them because they, they don't have the mining history. Sometimes it's a little more complicated to move a project forward. There are other other types of industries that compete with with what we do in those areas. But they're very much underexplored, and we've seen a push over this last decade since we sold our last last company to to move into those areas. And we and the result, uh, undeniable really, you've seen some fantastic discoveries in Ecuador with Sol Gold's Cascavel project, and and more recently Solaris is working on something really interesting in southern Ecuador, and in Argentina, there just in the San Juan province alone, there are five large copper copper gold deposits, including ours that uh, quite frankly would probably be mines if they were on the Chilean side. And what's what's really encouraging right now is the San Juan government in particular and, and the national government as well are, are really looking to mining as a, as a potential for more serious industry in the future going forward. So they're, they're taking the right steps, they're encouraging us to work there, it's becoming a much more friendly place to work and you can still find something there. So it's, to, to us, Argentina has certainly moved up the map and, and particularly San Juan. It's important in Argentina that you realize that each province acts differently from other provinces. It's a federation of states. And so there can be provinces that are very pro-mining and there can be other provinces that are anti-mining. And San Juan, Salta up in the north where we also work are, are very friendly provinces that are strongly encouraging us to, to work and develop projects.
0: Yeah, it sounds similar to the U.S., with the exception that there's only just a few good jurisdictions left in the U.S. for a number of things, including mining. For Argentina, it's it's good to see that the mining industry continues to have potential there, because I think for the Argentine government, from a country-wide perspective, that this is, if any of these large-scale projects get developed, that these are needle movers for the Argentine government, which, um, as you know, the economics are not the most fantastic in Argentina. Uh, so we'll see how uh, this continues to go here and certainly San Juan province is going to have a number of applications on their desk on some of these projects so good to hear that and good to hear your thoughts on current jurisdictions that make some sense and maybe some that have maybe gone the other direction that don't make as much sense as they did 10 years ago. How about uh, the current capital structure? John just update us since our last chat the shares out and the major holders and do you expect with the current cash and drill program do you expect an equity financing sometime around the conclusion of this current drill campaign, say maybe Q1 2022?
1: Good question. Sounds like some readers have probably been sending in some questions as well. Uh, we've recently announced that we're, we're kicking off a, a very substantial program, much more substantial drill program than we have in the past. We currently have around $6 million, $7 million in the treasury. So it's it, uh, we're in a pretty good position to get that started. But we will be starting with four rigs this year and that allows us to drill about 4,000 meters a month and we're getting a much earlier start on the year. So as the year goes forward and we begin to see those results coming in, it's likely sometime early next year that we'll want to extend the program and at which point we'd be looking to to raise some additional cash. It's not necessary right now. We can We can certainly get the program moving. And results tabled before before we do that. But um, I, I would say if if the market continues the way it is and we we produce the results that we anticipate will produce, I, I think there there will there'll be an opportunity for people to come in because we have a. It's important to note that we have a fairly tight share structure. The nature of our company is a little different than some other companies. We have one large shareholder fund out of San Francisco called Route One, it's been, they've been a great backer for all of our companies over the years, and they own just short of 50% of the of Aldebron outstanding shares. And Sabani Stillwater, the group that we're earning into the project with, has just short of 20%. So 70% of, of the float in the company is tied up with two large shareholders that are very much aligned with moving this project forward and moving it forward strongly. So we have a, a great backing that, and it doesn't leave a lot of float out there for the rest of the market. So it's a little bit tough to get it. Right now we're coming off a four month hold on the last financing. So there there's a, there's a few people that are understandably uh, selling for a profit right now and riding the warrants on there, which creates a little bit of an opportunity for people to come in at, at the moment. But th- those windows are not always there and it's, it's easier to wait for financing to come in sometimes.
0: John, I appreciate that. And on Route 1, is the intention, and maybe you could talk about the relationship with them as well. They're not the most common of uh, folks out there in the junior natural resource sector. They have some relationships with others as well, but as this continues to advance, obviously there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of capital to be raised. Do you see them continuing to participate in all financings to the degree that it's, you know, no dilution on their particular position? Or do you see it makes some sense to get this more in the hands of additional institutions and retail and maybe get that interest down a little bit? What's your thoughts on just, you know, how this trades, you know, Route 1's stake going forward as far as, you know, maintaining their position?
1: They are a group that that doesn't specialize in resource investment, but they do follow uh, the way they've described it to us is that they follow teams that have had success and teams that work in an ethical matter and the the way they like to see things done well. They're a large fund that sources much of their investment potential from university endowment funds, and so they're pretty careful about making sure that they're, they're working with people that do things correctly and do things well. And then they follow teams that have had success. For, in our space, they, they have invested in all of our vehicles as we move forward. I know they follow a lot of Ross Beatty's companies as well for very similar reasons and that they see groups that are serially successful and, and do things well and they like to follow them that way. Uh, they're They're very much aligned with us in the sense that they think these large copper deposits are very hard to find and becoming increasingly harder to find and they'll be sought after by the major companies as they begin to accumulate profits at these, these metal prices and, and want to grow and move forward. And so I can't speak for them in all cases on this, but the history we've had with them is, is that they always like to maintain their interests, but they do work with us to do what's best for the company moving forward. On this although I think it's, it's probably going to be a tough sell to get them to uh, to back off on their interest on this one right now I think I think the best uh, assumption is is that they'll they'll stay in strong with us. but they're not sharks the way some funds are on this and, and, and you know insist on doing what's best for them. They fully understand our business plan and the the position of other shareholders that don't have the advantage of the size of position that they have
0: we'll see what happens here as we move forward and obviously you guys getting the the word out on this and all of the components that are going to come forward here with this project as it advances. Talk about the planned drill program here expected to start uh, in November if I recall. What is the plan and what are you expecting to get out of this drill program at the end? As
1: you recall from our last discussion, we a little over two years into this option to earn into the project. We have an option to earn an 80% interest in the project from Savanya Stillwater. They're a, a more of a platinum precious metal company. So they they inherited this project Savany did when they purchased Stillwater, and they they flagged it to put out for option. It was non-core to them at the time. But they do remain as pretty interested parties in this. Since since the time we entered into the option, they have formed a battery metals initiative and are actually trying to position themselves to have have an opportunity to be exposed to large copper projects. But in that first two years, what we did is we really collected a lot of data. It was a big project when when we acquired the option journey and there was a lot of drilling already existing on the project, a large known resource. But it was known as a as a large lower grade resource, the way it had been bulked out and presented to the public. But we saw within this resource certain sectors that had much notably higher grade, and we felt that there were portions of it that were very much underexplored. The, the group that previously discovered and really drilled this out just kind of drilled drilled it out. But for example, there was never a surface geologic map made of the project. There wasn't a lot of geophysical information. A lot of the basic fundamental data sets we like to collect in a district like this to make sure we're we're seeing all of it and know what the best part is. So we, we spent a lot of the first two years getting that information together. It's not very needle moving in the market announcing that you've got a new geophysical survey or a new geologic map, but it's fundamental, important data for us to put together. And that's uh, put us in a position to more aggressively explore it going forward. And late, since we talked, we, we announced our, our results from last year's drill program, and it included one of the better drill holes we've hit to date. And it's it's hole 42. It's in a in a new zone called the Radio or Radio QDM porphyry zone. It's outside of the existing resource. Our our current resource is a is a little over. 1.2 billion tons of measured and indicated mineralization at, a, at about a pop, 0.5 copper equivalent, with an additional 200 million tons of, of inferred resource at similar grades. But this is a new zone that exists outside of it. And what we're really, really caught our eye on this zone are the grades. The, the drill hole 42 that we announced had 333 meters of, of 0.86% copper equivalent. That's a little over 0.6 copper and 0.3 gold and within that there's an a shorter run of 111 meters at 1.4% copper equivalent so that's that's 0.9% copper and and 0.63 grams per ton gold so those are very interesting grades It, it has some of the higher gold or precious metal contents to it that we've seen in the system very clean mineralization style and very much open for expansion right now so the program this year will focus on drill out of that so it'll be a grid drilling out to to move that so that we ideally have the first resource look at that project by the end of this field season or, or the end of, of next year once we get all the data in on it. So, that'll be the focus, but we'll also be testing some new target areas that have never been drilled that we think have potential to host uh, significantly higher mineralization than normal. We have a lot of mineralization identified on this project. What we're really looking for is higher grade zones to improve the upfront economics. So. Uh, just a bit of a flag, in a couple of weeks we'll be running a webinar as we kick off the drill program where Kevin Heather, our Chief Geological Officer, will spend a take an in-depth look at showing these targets and why we're so excited about all these data sets we've put together and what they show us and what we think is, has not been seen yet on the project.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of results start to flow out of this. I suspect news coming out for the next few months on this and, and into Q1. Talk about the anticipated schedule beyond drill program that's upcoming. This project has quite a bit of work done, you know, on existing resource. It has quite a history as well. What is the plan to work on an economic study for this project, and when do you think this gets done?
1: Well, as, as we were mentioning, this, we're kicking off this large program. It's And part of the reason we can do a much larger program this year is we, the projects in this part of the Andes often have a seasonal aspect to them in that it's um, difficult to get into the project. Sometimes you can work on the project most of the year, but you have high passes that you have to come in. But we're fortunate in this past year, um, our neighbors Glencore working at the Pachone deposit just to the south of us opened up a new low elevation road, which allowed us to complete an additional 14-kilometer stretch. And we, we now can get to the project much earlier. We've traditionally started after the new year. And drilled for about three or four months on the project, but we'll, we plan to be drilling around the first week of October and we'll likely be able to, to drill through the end of May if, if results and financing allow us to, to do that. So it'll be, be much more substantial. Some of our neighbors at Philo and other places are moving to almost all year now for expiration. So it's a trend we're seeing is that we're all opening up these low elevation roads, getting better access to the projects and, and extending the programs. You're right that there's plenty of data on this project right now. We already have a large resource and there's a temptation to move to a, a PEA or preliminary economic analysis of the of the project at this stage. But we, we don't think we've seen the better parts of the project yet. And that's, that's why we really want to give a good hard year on it this year to see what this new QDM radio zone looks like, as well as test a couple of these additional targets. If those turn out to be what we think they are, it'll be important to have those defined before we do the first PEA. You want your first PEA to to be the best look at the project moving forward. So um, most likely we will be able to do enough drilling to get the QVM zone into an initial resource, not likely drilled completely out in this season. And then we'll determine at that time if late in 2022, if we do a first PEA on that, or if we need one more uh strong field season to drill on it so we'd all like to move it to that stage where we can start to show economics around the project but it's really important that we see the best part of it before we start doing that
0: agreed i think it makes sense to do some more work here and and hopefully start to put some numbers on this uh, officially with the the mention of the earn in stage you guys uh, are in the stage for 60 percent here given the current progress and also with what you expect to come out of this program do you see that this stage of the earn in is, is potentially completed by, say, end of 2023 or maybe earlier?
1: Just for, to remind people on this, to, to earn into 60% on the project, we need to complete $30 million of work into the project itself. We're at about $17 million on that spend right now. And we, we actually think with this, this coming field season um, being much longer and, and the type of access we have on it that we'll probably be able to move towards completion of that by the end of 2022. We have, we have three more full field seasons to meet that obligation to earn in, but I, I, it's not going to take us that long. There's, there's, the work is lined out right now. It's, uh, it's a great market for us to be working in. We'll move to complete that initial earn in much more quickly than, than the time that we have remaining to do so.
0: John, do you think the stage three, 80 percent, do you see also that that's going to be accelerated as well?
1: Most likely, once we earn into the 60%, then we have an additional three years to to spend 25 million more to earn in 20% additional on that. We can see just from what's going on up the road at Philo and and Jose Maria and others, when when we get to this stage where you're really drilling the project out, you begin to have to do infill drilling on it. These large projects do require fairly substantial investment to move forward, and that's important work to be done to provide additional comfort for suitors that might be looking at at purchasing the project from us. Those sound like big numbers for us to earn in, but they're very normal numbers for typical spends that you get into when you're on a good project like this.
0: How about uh, some of these other, I wouldn't say non-core I suppose, but you know the Rio Grande and Aguas Calientes, any plans in 2022 or is the focus going to remain predominantly on Altar?
1: Well probably just by as, as big of an opportunity as Altar is and the amount of work we're planning on it, it'll it'll be the flagship project absolutely. With the projects in the north, the guys are pestering me all the time, we, we, when we, we launched on the, on the new project here, we thought we kind of had an ideal setup where we could work the northern projects during the winter months down south, and, and then we would spend the summers working on Altar, but the, we're becoming a, almost all season on Altar as we move forward, which leaves us a little less time for, for the projects in the north. Um, just a few words on, on each of those right now, uh, Rio Grande is interesting, it's a, it's a large copper-gold system, it's a bit of an unusual, it's an alkalic porphyry system, and um, there we have a resource that's already defined, it's it's not the largest resource, uh, it's a little over 100 million tons of, of lower grade copper-gold mineralization, but it's it's oxidized or partially oxidized, and, and one thing that we're monitoring closely is that uh, there's a mine being developed nearby called Lindero, that's being put in by Fortuna Silver. And that'll be a heap leach gold silver operation. And we think eventually there might be some synergies between the oxidized portion and the upper portion of the Rio Grande deposit in that project. So once they're up and running and stable like that, I think it makes sense for us to, to perhaps explore some possibilities of some sort of synergy there the big target there is really the underlying copper-gold sulfides and, and that, that's one that our geos are dying to get after uh, but it's a little bit lower in the queue for right now so we won't anticipate any serious work on that project this year but it is an opportunity that's on the books and that we're keeping our eyes out. Aguas Caliente is an interesting gold-silver system that certainly has uh, its early stage. It's much earlier stage than we normally uh, pick up projects for but it has the earmarks of something that could be pretty interesting for higher grade precious metal mineralization. We have a lot of groups that are expressing interest in taking a look at that, and we'll be making a decision whether it's better for us to move it forward to the next stage or, or whether we perhaps option that project
0: out. You've highlighted some valuation differences between some of your peer companies in the region. What do you think is needed to start closing this gap uh, compared to some of the peers that are in maybe the, even just right here in the San Juan Province?
1: Well, I mean, we we see the the really notable you know, both both particularly Philo with the fantastic drill holes they've been putting out, and Jose Maria. Both of those projects are more advanced than we are. So they're farther down, they've, they've got PEAs or moving to pre-feasibility type studies. So you can start to show the economic valuations on those or they're more mature projects on that. I think they're great projects to use to look at the potential of where we can go moving forward. So it shows you the leverage we have, but we've got quite a bit of work to get to that stage. So I, I think one of the important things is rolling out this new zone that we we believe will have the higher grades that people get excited about and are important for improving upfront economics on a project. And then moving to that point when you when we're to the point that we can put out a PEA or even just updated resources on this those are the stepping stones that catch people's eye on on moving forward so and a lot of it with us is just news flow because we've been in this period of when we're we're collecting the fundamental data and getting ourselves up on the project we've really been off the radar quite a bit and um, with this season with much more aggressive drilling you'll see a lot more news flow for us coming out we also recently listed on the OTC, which gives us exposure to to U.S. investors, which are becoming increasingly interested in the commodity markets right now. And so I think the combination of news flow, um, more investor eyes on us, and and just quite frankly very good metal prices right now, and all the activity that's going on with the neighbors, will will draw more interest into the project. So it's a it's a great time to get in earlier on us. Projects like Jose Maria and Feel are fantastic projects, but people have kind of found those and and their valuations are up pretty high. So the trick in in investing in our space is try to catch the ones before they take off here.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, John, how about uh, on the regulatory front, uh, permitting environment, always an issue, and maybe you can share some light on some of that that's starting to happen here. And of course, we're gonna definitely follow what happens with some of the peer companies in the area on this front, but anything you wanna mention on regulatory permitting environment, and then also ESG work at the company
1: it's relatively straightforward in in argentina on that it's um we're we're allowed to move at the pace that, that we we feel comfortable with moving for the for the most part it's a bit bureaucratic at times there's a lot of reporting a lot of interaction with different agencies on that but nothing out of the ordinary and and it's becoming more mature particularly in san juan province um keep in mind it's when i mentioned that argentina is an early stage not really a mining country san juan's a bit different and that they we, we have large established mines operating in san juan uh Barrick's Valadero operation the Huacomayo mines so they're they're big modern mines and that is already making a significant contribution to the san juan economy so it, like like most countries right now argentina has been hit pretty hard by the pandemic but san juan is doing better than anywhere else and that's clearly attributed to the, the impact of the mines in the area they're they're having on that, to the point where the previous Mines Minister, Minister Hensel, came from San Juan and had success there and has moved up. He's the National Minister of Mines right now and wants to replicate that success in other provinces that are willing to, to embrace mining in the country. And so it's, there, there's talk about replicating the San Juan mining models as, as a pathway to improve the economy within Argentina. And part of doing that means that they have to be establishing a regulatory environment that allows us to work. So there have been some very encouraging things. They, I know they've been working closely with, with our peers up at Filo and Jose Maria to allow them to uh, have certain tax benefits for for building roads into the project. They're doing the right things to encourage us to develop projects. they very 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 much want to see this. And there's also some encouragement up up in the north in Salta and Huhui in that area um, there's quite a lithium boom going on right now. and so there there are projects that are uh, have been discovered, defined and and moved into production already. Lithium's a, a much quicker pathway to production than we see in copper. A lot of it's just producing from brine, so it's relatively low capex up front. And so we're seeing in quite a boom up there and, and production already starting and the associated cash flows that, that benefit the government and the communities from that. And so we're, we're seeing that move forward and it's it's certainly possible to put mines in. Argentina presents a few challenges for us on how we how we steer around higher inflation rates and monetary policies on moving funds in and out of the country. Uh, there are things like that that we, we always have to work with. They're less of a problem for an exploration group, they're a little bit more of a problem for a producer. And then it actually, for many of our costs, they're actually quite low. Even though it's high inflation rates, it's quite low in US dollar terms for us to do some of the basic activities we need to do going forward. So, so that part's working well. And then on the ESG front, the areas that we're working are, are right up against the crest of the Andes on the on the Chilean-Argentine border. And they're not areas where anybody lives there, there's nobody that lives in there a few few goat herders during the summer and that's that's about it so it makes it a little easier for us to work in that sense and that we don't have agricultural interests or or touristic interest right right where we're at but of course down from us there are people that that live downstream from where we're at and there are a lot of agricultural activities there so we have to be sensitive to water use and, and moving forward that way. And so there, there's a lot of good discussion going on about how, how mining fits within that, how that works. One of the things that I've been most excited about recently is that San Juan has, a, Argentina in general and in and, and each province have a lot of protectionist policies and that they want you to use people from the area that you're working. And they don't really like it if we bring people in to work from the next province or or from out of the country on this. They they like everything to be be locally sourced on that. And that's our philosophy and policy anyway. But when you need certain skill types that maybe aren't readily available because there hasn't been a large mining industry established before, it gets to be a bit of a challenge. But we're participating with a lot of our peers and, and some of the educational institutions in... Argentina on a, on a really interesting education initiative out of Calangasta, the, the principal community um, that's near near the entry to our project area, uh, to provide um, essentially education for people in skills that would be sought after for the mining industry or, or other industries that kind of fall out of this. So it's it's providing opportunities for people to pick up technical skills in, in welding or learn how to be a driller, a driller or a drill assistant or a mechanic. Uh, a lot of a lot of things that are directly related to skills and people that we need to have, but the the same um, initiative also has an aspect of um, gaining skills to be able to work in the wine industry, to be able to work in the tourism industry. So it's not mining specific. It's it's basically preparing young people to have the skills that are needed to get good paying jobs. Because it's it, and uh, and that that I, I'm really pleased about that because it's it's uh, it means it's easier for us to have the local people that we need to move a project like this forward. So we also participate in a lot of other things on, um, you know, supporting sports and this sports are, are a huge thing in Argentina right now. So uh, we we participate in improving opportunities for nighttime soccer and stuff like this and to, to move forward. So, which is, which is really good and appreciated in the communities, a lot of the things that we normally do, but I think the education one is one that we're most proud of. And, and like many companies, we're helping uh, provide PPE and other necessary elements to, to get through the, the COVID situation that we've all been facing for the last almost two years now.
0: Yeah, John, I you know right in the proximity of this region, of course, uh, you guys are drawn upon services and communities nearest to the project, obviously, and where you can. I think the technical skills education is extremely important. That that's an area in the education that certainly continues to lack. And I think that it's highly critical. And so I appreciate your guys' efforts to bring in that education on technical skills that you know are sustainable and, and that go just beyond your company and beyond mine. I think that is a, a really key area to focus in on. So appreciate the comments on that. To wrap up, John, potential investors of all types who are listening in, market cap of the company stands about 70 million Canadian here. Why should they consider Aldi Baron at this stage and at current price levels?
1: The easiest way to take a look at us is, is we already have a large deposit. If you look at valuations of large copper deposits, um, at the stage we're at without without the economic analysis out around these yet, one way to take a look at is the value of the company per pound of copper in the ground. And when you take a look at a metric like this, we're significantly undervalued compared to a number of our peers in the immediate area as well as, as throughout the country on this. These type of projects are increasingly rare to find. It's, it's what we specialized in looking for, 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 in my case, most of my career right now, is they're just more difficult for us to find, and the major companies will be increasingly motivated to acquire these. They're not finding them themselves. They're building up cash. They know it's important to have copper production going forward. And so these these projects will be sought after for big companies to purchase. Ours is an earlier stage project than some of our peers that have much higher valuation, hence the the difference on that. But we're now positioned to be able to move the project along rapidly. So you can, it provides a lot of leverage for an increased uh, valuation of the company over the over the next months and years. And then particularly in the in the shorter time frame is is that there'll be a, a significant change in the pace of information coming out of the project this year. Uh, we're now positioned to be able to drill much more aggressively, positioned in the sense that we have the data and and we can see where we wanna go with the project right now. The new low elevation access roads have significantly extended our season. Our biggest challenge right now is getting enough drill rigs because everybody's scrambling in this part of Argentina to put their hands on rigs right now. But we've, we've sourced four rigs for, this field season which will allow us to get a much more substantial news flow and and be much more visible over the next few months. So I I think you'll see us uh, emerging more in view of investors that are looking for these type of opportunities.
0: Good to hear you've got some of these drill rigs uh, secured. I know it's been tough and the supply chain disruptions have been very difficult here and there is an end in sight. I just don't know how long it's going to be here but good on you for getting that done and best way for the uh, investors to reach out to the company if they have further questions
1: the best way for to do is to just use our, our website or the contacts that we put on news releases and you can contact myself you can contact Laura Brangwin who manages our IR efforts please reach out to us let us know if you have questions <phone rings> Follow there on our website, there are also a number of um, little video clips that that Laura and Kevin Heather, our Chief Geological officer, put together that describe certain aspects of how we work and the nature of the project i'd, I'd highly recommend those that are interested to take a look at it not just to learn about our projects but kind of learn about the exploration process and in the nature of port large porphyry copper gold systems on this so those are recommended. Watching a couple of weeks for the webinar that Laura and Kevin will put together, which will give a lot of the details of these targets and why we're excited. It'll be a much easier way to see the potential and, and why we're very much looking forward to this next field season to kick off and, and what we anticipate coming out of, out of that.
0: John, sounds good. Well, thanks for coming back on to update and we're looking forward to following this further. Best of luck with the company and the upcoming program, sir.
1: Okay, great. Thank you, Andrew, and look forward to catching up with you in a few months here.